smashed into the net by Kylian Mbappe. Depay! And he stretched it! Oh, finds Dembele. The first touch is good. The second is deadly. Neymar still. Oh, my word, what a goal! Golovin! Lovely finish. Must be the opening goal. Benedetto! And Bagnon. Fantastic! Outrageous goal from Gael Kakuta! Hello, bienvenue. Welcome to the latest edition of Le Bourgeois, the official League and podcast brought to you in association with BT Sport. Today we'll look back at the round three action and there was a lot of dramatic action, notably at the Parc des Princes. But before we turn our attentions to Le Classique between PSG and Marseille, I'll introduce you to the panel we are back again, um, Shay Robert Thompson. How are you, Robbie? I'm very well. A little bit tired after a, a, a big night last night, a very emotional evening. But it, it's great to see you all here and, and back together, the band back together again. It must have been emotional, PSG losing to Marseille well, for the first time in nine years. Uh, David Crossan, how are you doing? Did you have a good weekend? Yeah, feeling good this morning, fresh from celebrating Vitorino Hilton's 43rd birthday. Yes, 43 years of age. That's a ripe old age, but uh, it's still it's, older than you, David. It's a good age. Still to older be. than me, exactly. A year I have to older admit, than me. it's just to try and remind you all it was my birthday yesterday. None of you said happy birthday. Oh, but was it? It's all right. Let's move on. So you're 42. Yeah, I am. Yeah, but I have to admit, Dave, when we have those tennis matches and we see the way that we move about the court, um, the two of us, I do think about Vitorino Hilton and think, my goodness me, he's he's older he's than us and is yeah playing in Liga. Armel Tangi, who's our our youthful sort of uh, injection of energy this morning. How are you? I'm all right. Floating like Irvin Cardona before a volley after that Marseille victory. last Yes, Irvin Cardona. We'll talk about him a bit later, but we'll start at the Parc des Princes where Paris Saint-Germain took on Marseille. Only round three of the season, but already a huge clash. And I um, had the pleasure of commentating this one. Here's what happened. Now camera breaking through the midfield. Well played by Gate. Super tackle. Camera though does well to win it back and he's got Marseille a free kick. So Payet stands over the free kick. The big guns have gone up for Marseille. Oh, it's a good ball from Payet and a great chance! Oh, Marseille have scored, it's Florian Tova. Tovan's second goal in as many games this season. And a real turn up here at the Partey Prance. It's been all PSG in the opening half hour, but it's Marseille who score first. Now there's more nonsense going on. Benedetto's gone crashing to the ground again. Paredes has gone in on him. And now there's another Marseille player down. And it's going off now. Oh, well, Levin Kozawa has gone in with his boot there on him, Harvey. Well, the ref, this is going to take some time to sort out. Referee has to try and calm things down first. There has been a spiteful edge to this game from the start. Now there are some big decisions that need to be made. He can, of course, use his referee's assistant. He sent off both Amavi and Kuzawa. Two red cards so far. Marseille are going to finish with ten. So, uh, so Paradis is off as well. Paradis has got a second yellow. Benedetto, surely that's his second yellow. Benedetto's off. So it's going to be nine against nine here. Now what's happening? Is he, he's going to have a look himself, I think. Jerome Brizard, today's referee. Now Alvaro, yeah, Neymar with a bit of a hit there on the back of Alvaro's head. And I think Neymar could well be sent off. Neymar is sent off. Three 
PSG players go. What drama here at the Parc des Princes. Well, I'm going to start with you, Robbie. 1-0 to Marseille. Two defeats in three days for Paris Saint-Germain to start the season. It was always going to be difficult, wasn't it, after the, uh, the Champions League final, not having a pre-season, having eight players testing positive for, for COVID-19. Um, but Di Maria and, uh, and Neymar were back yesterday. Um, PSG put a lot of pressure on Marseille in the first 30 minutes. They, they played pretty well, but Marseille succeeded something of a smash and grab with 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 that Tovan goal how did how did you see it yeah i saw it i saw it that way i mean paris saint germain are struggling and i think and i i fear that this could be a difficult few months for paris saint germain because i think what you said matt just in your your intro there is paris saint germain have had no pre-season they've had a a very weird pre-season saturday when i was at training uh watching training still minus Marquinhos, Icardi and Mbappe. So minus those three already at training is, is no good way to prepare for a, for a big match. But that was the first time they'd had a training session with everyone available since the day before the Champions League final. How can you prepare for the biggest match in the Ligue 1 season if you haven't had your team together? Well, it's difficult. For three, it's difficult. Been... We're living in an unprecedented time, for exactly. and, and they do at least have 20-plus well, internationals. that explains then, Matt, what, what happened last night <laughs> and the way that Paris dominated the match again, couldn't find a way through because perhaps they just haven't trained together for three weeks for the biggest game of the season. And Mondonda was Marseille's best player. I don't think there's much doubt about that. Paris could have scored, should have scored, perhaps, and, and they didn't, and Marseille got the goal. And like against Lens, Paris didn't have that little bit of cohesion, that little bit of understanding, that little bit of fine-tuning that comes from preparing for a season properly. But the payoff is they made the Champions League final. They had a fantastic month of, of August. They won two cups. Like against Lens, Rob, like against Lens, PSG had one shot on target against Lens. Um, against Marseille last night, they had that Verratti chance right at the beginning that Mondona made a great save. They didn't really have another chance before Florian oh, Tolva. header in the first half from a fantastic... Lorenzi cross as well. Yeah, well, they had one effort on, on, you know, one effort on target for all that possession. I mean, there's, you know, of course, yeah, they're lacking but a striker Marseille because Icardi's not there. Marseille, and we Marseille don't know were playing with 10 behind the ball. Dimitri Payet was playing as a second left back in the first half. Mm. I and mean, it was incredible. Marseille set out with a game plan, didn't they, um, Armel? They decided to leave out their centre-forward, Dario Benedetto. They played Maxim Lopez, who effectively played in midfield. Um, Tovan was... Furthest forward initially, as Robbie mentions, you know, Pyatt was playing very, very deep. Um, but, but, but it worked. I mean, they were 4-0 down in this fixture at halftime last season, weren't they? And obviously they didn't want a, a repeat of that. And, well, we came very close to it a minute and a half in, as you mentioned. Uh, the yes, save was incredible. That it was save incredible from Mondanda was brilliant and there was almost a penalty just, just afterwards uh, for a contentious handball decision. And at that point, I was thinking, here we go again. This is going to be another classic like it's been in the, the past few years of PSG dominating. Um, it's, it's a strange one. I don't feel either team played particularly well. Of course, Marseille will be delighted because they got the result and their game plan worked. But it, wasn't, it was enjoyable for all, the, for all the bite that the game had. But in terms of the footballing show that was, that was on, they, it won't live long in the memory, that one. It will for Marseille fans, but not in my mind. Yeah, is this not the way these games, the, the myths and the legends of these games is created? The games, we always used to say in the old days, in the 80s and 90s, the finals were terrible matches, but they were, they were the ones you wanted to win and that, that there's a bit of aggro. And, and, you know, we've seen some fantastic football over the last few years and everyone says, but this game's lost its, lost its flavour. Perhaps now 
it's a way of well that's what i think it. dave there's you know a bit of negativity i've heard about the quality of the football but honestly i was at the park day prowns first time back in a stadium for a long time and it was electric on that pitch i mean it was there was a tension there was um aggression in every challenge there was intensity and you you know what robbie says is is right it felt to me um it was something of a throwback to the to the to, to the olden days. I think intensity was the word I was going to use, Matt. And I mean, what do we want from this fixture? Given that Marseille hadn't won any of the previous twenty in all competitions against Paris Saint Germain, you want it to be a contest. That's what anyone who cares about French football needs. Even if you're a Paris Saint Germain fan, I'm, I'm sure you enjoy beating Marseille four 0 every year. But it's better if it's actually a contest. And yeah, I, I think this one it, it will be a legendary match. When I I've seen so much written about that nil-nil game when Marseille sent the kids about 15 years ago. So imagine what this one's going to get written up as. It's going to be a legendary game, especially because of the five red cards and that quite pathetic footballer's fight at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, five red cards right right at the end. Let's just talk a bit about Marseille because it's two wins from two games for them. They had a tough uh, victory, 3-2 against Brest, where uh, they they were suffering and they really had to sort of dig in to, to, to get that win. But it's two wins... Um, away from home. We know they had a really uh, impressive season to finish second in V.S. Boas's first season uh, in charge last year. They're in the Champions League. I had um, the chance to speak to Duje Celetasar, the young Croatian defender who scored two goals, surprisingly. doesn't score many, but he scored two in that game against Brest. And he was solid again um, against Paris Saint-Germain alongside Alvaro Gonzalez. Um, and, I, you know, I talked to him notably about what Andre Villas-Boas has done since he's taken over and um, why this Marseille side, you know, all of a sudden is, is looking solid. First of all, because maybe of the coach and uh, uh, he gave us a lot of confidence. Uh, he speak with us a lot. Uh, and of course, with the team, we play together. It's not just one player who or two. Uh, we defended like a team, we attack like a team. And uh, of course, this team has a lot of quality. And uh, when we play like this, uh, we can just good, just do uh, good things. So I think this was the key. How has AVB, if I can call him AVB, the coach, how has he done it? How has he brought everybody together? Um, and has it been yeah, just a question of him making everybody understand that it's, it's the team? That matters. Uh, yes, yes, because the the season before uh, coach arrived was not so good. The the atmosphere also was not so good, so it was also difficult for him to to come here and to make again the good atmosphere. But uh, he did it, and uh, you know we listen to him. Uh, it's a good coach, and uh, every day on training he coach us. He tell us where we make this mistake, uh, what we need to do better, show us the mistakes. So, yes, I think uh, this season was uh, just uh, because, uh, like I say, of him and of us, and it's uh, like mixed good energy and everything. So this was the key. He, he does seem to be close to the, to the players. He's a good communicator. Has he, has he been talking to players individually as well? Have you had sort of individual discussions about your game and your role? Yes, of course. Uh, he speak, uh, of course, uh, like a team. But uh, also on the training uh, before the match, uh, he tell us uh, individually what we need to do, what he has accept from us. So and then you listen to him, and you need to 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 play on the pitch, like he say, to do your best. So in the end, so you do your best, and you 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 hope he will be happy. Yeah. Well, no, it was an interesting chat with uh, with Chiletta Sa, who. Um 
who spoke to me in uh, in very good English and seemed like a very happy, affable young Croatian defender. He started for Croatia um, against France recently at the uh, at the Stade de France. So you know his career is going up after a very difficult first season um, under Rudy Garcia. He alluded to the fact that there was a, a bad atmosphere in the club in that last season under under Garcia. And uh, AVB really has um, transformed the atmosphere in the club. And uh, yeah, Chileta Sar, he's one of those players that Marseille have been, you know, apparently interested in selling because they do need to recoup some money and there's some suggestion they might get 20 million for Chileta Sar. But it would, it would be nice for Marseille if they could keep these guys because, you know, his partnership with Alvaro has been been pretty impressive last season and so far this absolutely i've been impressed by chaleta tsar the last well last season in particular his passing range as well very good at the back long balls raking balls for the for the wide attackers carries the ball well as well exactly. like for, he's a big yeah. boy but mm. he's technically and that's you know we always used to say back in the old days armel before you were born that croatia and yugoslavia was the brazil of of europe and we see in their in their big defenders they have technique they know how to play football it's a, a different story, perhaps, to the, the Spanish defender in Alvaro Gonzalez that we saw last night in his approach. But, but Chaleta Tsar is a cultured footballer in, in, in the great tradition of, of Croatian defenders. Yeah, and we're not going to ignore the, uh, the accusations and what happened. It was a very controversial game last night. And uh, uh, in particular, there was um, an incident in, in, in the first half where Alvaro Gonzalez has uh, accused Angel Di Maria of spitting in his face. Neymar has uh, accused Alvaro Gonzalez of uh, having racist uh, words towards him. So we're obviously going to you know, keep our eyes on, on, on what happens there. But Dave, in terms of Marseille, you know, what, what can we sort of expect from them? They've got the dual challenge of, of the Champions League. And just actually in the next week or so, they've got Saint-Étienne Thursday night, Lille Sunday, and then they've got Leon just around the corner as well. Andre Villas-Boas worked miracles to get them to second last year, but their fixture list was lighter. Once we get into the Champions League towards the end of October, and there are Champions League games in successive weeks, and they've got these big league and matches, it's really going to test that squad, which is still thin. We still don't know exactly what squad he's going to have available to him when the transfer window closes, but he's got that team working for him. I, I actually thought Chileta Sars' improvement started under Garcia. He joined Marseille a bit overweight after the World Cup, um, but settled in alongside Camera initially but it's really since Camera stepped forward into midfield and he's been playing alongside Alvaro that he's been very good if they've got that solid base and they can keep Tovan fit and Payet fit and Mondonda fit then they might do okay I mean when we talk about PSG's preparations being disrupted let's not forget about Steve Mondonda man of the match performance mm. having been sent home in bizarre circumstances really from the France squad after a Covid positive test having already tested positive and sat out um uh, several days of training in mid-August with his club. It's very strange. And you, you mentioned them still having a thin squad, but when you look at their bench last year and you look at their bench that they had last last night or Sunday night against Paris Saint-Germain, it's already a lot stronger. I mean, I know they didn't start with a striker, so you've got Benedetto and Germain on the bench, as well as the young Mali Aki. But you've got Strutman, Radonjic, Nagatomo, the new signing Bilerdi. We don't really know what he's worth yet, but... Plus, uh, Sanson was out injured and Bounassar. So those yeah. two will be Sanson back was soon. COVID. Oh, no, he was injured. Bounassar, COVID, and uh, Sanson had a thigh problem. But uh, yeah. yeah, those two will come back soon. And yeah, Villas-Boas has said they're hoping to get a striker in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just think their, their squad looks a little more... If they manage to hold on to players like Chaleta Saar, I think their squad looks better built for... for a, well, you hope it is anyway, because as Dave says, they're, they're competing on more fronts this 
campaign. But AVB has done a, a fantastic job, really. I was looking at the the stats in preparation for for last night's game and four defeats last season for for Marseille in the league over two seasons, and it was four defeats in twenty eight matches. So it didn't go the whole way. Perhaps they would have lost six in the season. Perhaps perhaps not. But it's a, a very good return. They only played Paris Saint Germain once last year, but that's not that many defeats for a side that. That could be contested. Alvaro Chaleta Sar have only lost one game in playing together. Yeah. Well, there you go. So they've found something that works and they've found that they're, they're a very difficult side to beat. And those sort of statistics, those sort of numbers of losses in a season means that you're competing for the title. And I think winning, obviously, at the Parc des Princes, it's, you know, it's massive and it, it was, it was their chance. There's, there's no question. Three points because... that Paris can't get back against them in direct, in yeah. head-to-head. But it's psychological. It's it's in terms of getting the fans on their side. I mean, their fans were already on their side, but now the fans are going to be you know, even more excited. We talked uh, in the last podcast about Dimitri Payet's um, tweet or his retweet of that uh, provocative um, sort of mocking mocking tweet about uh, PSG losing the final against Bayern. And he got some treatment, didn't he? No, no question, Robbie. And... Uh, the, the slightly predictable, I thought, um, entry of Leandro Paredes, who uh, came on with 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes to go and uh, made his mark, let's say, on, on Dimitri Payet's ankles. Yes, and I think that's something that we have to discuss as well briefly, don't we? The, the handbags at the end and the way Paris Saint-Germain lost, lost their heads a little bit mm. in, the, in the end because Paredes, we remember his reaction to Andy Delors' comments um, when he was with Neymar playing Montpellier last season and clearly... Paredes knows what other players are saying about them and about Paris Saint-Germain, and it gets him gets him riled. He, he, he was clearly coming out as soon as he came on for Payet after what Payet had done. Everyone knew it. There were rumours going around. Everyone, I think, secretly was hoping that there would be something, not necessarily ultra-violent, but to create this energy and, you know, you can't... He was booked you know, within a minute. He was booked within a minute. It was, was, it, within, it it was, was a nasty challenge. It was a nasty challenge. It, I think nasty it could have been read, I think. Yeah. But for me... the. There's the, the question of the lack of pre-season and how Paris Saint-Germain, I think, will struggle fitness-wise for at least a month. And this is a huge opportunity for the likes of Lyon, Rennes, Nice, if they can bounce back. But sides that have already got six, seven points on the board to try and get a cushion. Because actually, Robbie, PSG need points, obviously. They've, they've, they they've, dropped, points, they've, they've dropped six already, but, but Tuchel's going to have to be careful because guys like Neymar, Di Maria, you know, he's rushed them back for the Marseille game. But Di Maria is in... Hot water. I think the spitting, you mentioned it just briefly, but that was on camera. Everyone saw mm-hmm. it, what happened. And that is going to come with punishment. And I think that is in the middle of a global pandemic. Yeah. You're spitting well, out I think regardless, face. but yeah, yeah. And Kazawa yes. K- might be out for a while as well. And Kazawa as well could be mm. in a, a little bit of and, trouble. And Neymar. Neymar, Neymar well. I'm not yeah. sure. Neymar uh, didn't it was really just do anything, in the back he? of the head. But yeah. look. It's, we don't have all the elements, let's say, <laughs> to what happened. So it, it is difficult to judge, but there are going to be suspensions. Um, to to both teams. Anyway, it was it was three players missing for Wednesday night's visit of Mets mm. already. And also, Dario <laughs> Benedetto's um, hairdresser should be suspended for life. Awful, awful. <laughs> well, that's back to back games for him. I quite like it. Back to back offences. I'd, I'd love to see you rocking that, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, what we have to say though is it, it's it just adds to the catastrophic fortnight in terms of Paris Saint-Germain's image, having done so well to reach the Champions League final. I'm actually not one of the people who's going to criticise them for having a holiday. I think we all went away on holiday this summer. We all socialised with a small group of of, of friends and family. So I'm not going to criticise them for that. But what they did last night at the Parc des Princes was really silly. Was it? Yeah, it... (sighs) 
I don't know. Are we going over the top? Because, you know, already I'm hearing people like on Twitter and on French radio, they're saying, oh, too cool, it's a disgrace, it's this, it's that. He can't, you know, he, he's lost the plot. He doesn't, you know, three weeks ago, he, he was in the Champions League final. Exactly. I, you know, short memories, short memories. I, I think, so. I think so. if they stay 18th, they'll probably win the promotion relegation playoff. <laughs> <laughs> and a quick word, Florenzi looked brilliant into his crossing and his, uh, his work rate good, on, the, on the yeah. right side. I think that's a good signing for them. There aren't that many fullbacks on the market at the moment so PSG have done well to bring him in that's all people saying yeah in 90 minutes you've shown you're the best left best right back we've had in the QSI era mm. which is maybe a little bit harsh on who Gregory no, Vanderville yeah that's back to the whole <laughs> instantaneous judgments thing isn't it no the Paris Saint-Germain aren't going to have long-term problems as Robbie says I think it's going to be really tricky for them through to the next international window um, which is uh, well second week of October if I remember rightly yeah okay I think we've done the classique. Let's let's move on to to the rest. And there was a lot of uh, there were a lot of good matches. Some remarkable goals. Armel's already alluded to uh, Irvin Cardona of Brest, who scored a sensational goal, didn't he, Armel? Let's just talk about that for a moment against Dijon. Brest winning winning two 0 Interestingly, Cardona he um, he loves Jean Pierre Papin. I remember that's what you were going to say about a year or two ago. He he talked about how he, he watches Jean Pierre Papin videos and I, stuff. I, and I don't know how he does that. I was just saying to the to the guys before you you showed up. Like I'm seven or eight years older than him, and I think I've seen three or four Jean Pierre Papin goals in my life. So I need to know where he's watching. Oh, there's them. a YouTube comp- compilation. But Armel, tell us about the goal. What happened exactly? Oh, brilliant! Uh, fi- final minutes of uh, of the game between. Uh, Dijon and Brest, and Dijon were really pushing for an equaliser. Let's not go too deep into it. But um, Brest down the other end. Long ball, Cardona was free at the back post, and he jumped too early, sort of jumped off the wrong foot. So he had a swing, sort of like first scissor movement, and then swung again whilst hanging in the air, almost like a you know, like a basketball player, really hanging, 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 waiting for the ball to come. And then the strike was just that's how you want them. Really reminded me of a like comic book strike, Roy of the Rovers sort of stuff. I was chatting to our, our sound engineer who is here today, present in the room just before, who's also a big MMA fan. And we were listening to commentary of the goal and saying it was a karate kick or a bicycle kick. Apparently it could be known as a switch kick. Oh, there we go. When you jump off the wrong ah, foot. Okay. And then, so it wasn't a bicycle kick or a karate kick. It was a switch kick. So just if you are getting annoyed with sound problems on our podcast at all, it's Stephen Willis. It's his <laughs> fault. It's mainly his fault. He is here. Great to have you in the room, Stephen. But um, we're going <laughs> to... Move on to the next commentary game. Armel was uh, um, in charge of bringing us the action from Montpellier against Nice. Here's what happened at the Stade de la Mosson. Suke. Delivered towards Delors. That one is back for Laborde. And that's a deserved opening goal for Montpellier. Delivered by Savanier. And Daniel Congrate puts Montpellier two up at the start of the second half. You can't say they don't deserve it. Now the ball is with Nice. Given away again too cheaply. Savanier lines up the shot. Another save from Walter Benitez. As Savanier delivers a corner for Montpellier. It's that technique again, and wrist stitch is stopped this time by Benitez. And Daniel Congrate follows up for his second of the afternoon. Guiri pings another one into the middle, and it's Dante who pulls one back for the visitors. Yeah, so Armel, um, a blow to Nice, who had won their first two matches. Um, Montpellier, a deserved victors in, in the end. Uh, their, their, their front three looking impressive. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, and their back three as well. Uh, Dave 
I'll, I'll slip in a happy birthday to you, Dave, here as well. Thanks, well. Petrino Hilton, just before his 43rd birthday. birthday. I feel bad about that. The, okay. <laughs> the day before his 43rd, he, he gave absolutely no room to Casper Dolberg, who's what, 20 years younger than him. It was quite incredible. But for Montpellier, reverting to that back three really, really gave them the, the room they needed to, to play forward. And that gave Savanier room in the number 10 role behind the strikers he ran the game what a player he is they would have missed him when he was injured last season I think they could have finished higher up if they'd had him the whole campaign let's hope he's fit for the whole of this season but it was the result reflects the game perfectly it was a mix of Nice not showing up and Montpellier who were so good at home last season I think only PSG and Lille won more games on home turf than Montpellier last season and they've started in the in the exact same vein. It was a perfectly set up um, eleven from Michel Desacarin, and quite frankly, absolutely nothing to to say about that result. They totally deserved it. Blue Nice away in the first half. Do you do you think we don't take Montpellier seriously enough, or or we should maybe be talking about them more in terms of European contenders? What I think when I look at Montpellier, there's no there's there are rarely sort of fancy signings. There's 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 nothing too sexy going on down in Montpellier, but they have this stability, don't they? I think um, they've got more options this season. They signed Mavididi. Mole wasn't available at the weekend. So De Zacarian, I think he feels he's got more flexibility. He's uh, trying the different systems as well. And I think he's going to be less wedded to the three-man defence this season. We might not see Hilton play quite so much, which will be sad as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but um, no, they, they showed that they they are going to be up there because Savanier Laborde, Delors, Mavididi and, and Mole are going to get them goals and they're not going to concede that many. I feel like Hilton and Congre have been in that defence for like a decade. I mean, I have, I have to check. Maybe it's not quite that Congre long. joined just after the title. He joined in 2012 to that, play Champions League and football. And that was Hilton, Hilton's first game of his 10th season with Montpellier, his 18th in France. Yeah, but what's crazy is they bought him thinking, oh, we'll get a couple of years out of him. Yeah. Like 33 yeah. and 10 years later, he's still there. <laughs> my, my first defeat at the Parc des Princes since coming back to work for Paris oh, Saint-Germain was 2013. And it was a Daniel Congre header in the, the Coupe de la Ligue in December and it was the first game that uh, Paris had lost that season under, under Laurent Blanc and it was Congre that scored then as well. A word just about Casper Dolberg, the Nice striker who started the season well, a couple of goals in his, in, in his last outing. Um, he's, he's unlucky, isn't he? He had his watch stolen by a teammate when he arrived and apparently, yeah, he had his Porsche stolen from the airport when he was off on international duty with Denmark and his house keys were in the Porsche and they went and did his house as well. But they must have known. Did they know where he lived? They knew it was his car. It was sure. targeted. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is not just all by chance. This is not just, oh, what an unlucky weekend. This is your kind victim of, yeah, of, of a Yeah, you've got a feel for the attack. guy. I saw he th- three out of ten he got for his performance. But I mean, it's never easy coming back from an international break, particularly when you don't have a car or, or a house. Or a house. Or I a, mean, yeah. he's still got the house. He's, he's, he's a player, though, that when he's not scoring, he's not necessarily the most important player in the side. He's not... Is that unfair to say he's a bit like a Mauro Icardi type? He's a number nine uh, that he, needs he, his teammates to supply him with ammunition. Yes, but he does come back to get to receive the ball to feet a little more than Icardi. He's very, very swift on his first touch of the ball, kind of you know behind the defender and then accelerating. I think he's got more to his game than Icardi. But um, I think, frankly, having commentated that game, Torino Hilton just him out of it completely and Dolberg was booked eight minutes from time for well, the frustration yeah show of frustration just elbowing Hilton Atal only just coming back 
as yeah. well. Ronnie Lopez, new. I mean, Nice mm. on paper have a better team than Montpellier there, don't very they? Very much so. Yeah. So Hassan Camera on the on the left flank looked very very good. They, something will click with Nice. It looked like it yeah, happened I in the first so. two games. Yeah. It's there's still work to be done, but they they're a very good side. Yeah, they just weren't this weekend, unfortunately. You're listening to Ligue 1. Uber Eats expert Armel Tangi talking on Le Bourgeois, the official Ligue 1 Uber Eats podcast in association with BT Sport. At the top of the league at the moment, top of the standards, we've got three teams on seven points. Rennes going great guns. They won 4-2 away to Nîmes with uh, a double from new signing Seru Girassi. We're uh, expecting big things from him. He looked good at Amiens. Big signing for, for Rennes. So they've got seven points. Lille as well just getting the goal they needed at the end, thanks to Luis Araujo. They beat Metz by a goal to nil, having squandered a penalty. And uh, yeah, they didn't have it all their own way in that game. But they're up there with seven points. And so are Monaco, rejuvenated, reborn, perhaps, under uh, Nico Kovac. We uh, had Ian Holyman commentating uh, the Monaco action. They were at home against Nantes. A chance here for Gelson Martins. Not much support in the middle. Going to drop here for Diop. And that is a lovely finish. Beautiful strike from Sofiane Diop. And Monaco have an early lead. It's a good ball. And it's in. Ludovic Blas got in behind the Monaco defence. And not having been dominated in the second half, a level. Here's Onyukura beautifully taken. And good pass as well. And it's in. And it's Jervos, the two substitutes, working wonders for Monaco. And just a couple of minutes after being pegged back, they forged in front again. Yeah, so the kid's coming good for Monaco, Dave. We saw Sofiane Diop scoring his first league 1 goal, not hit back. But Monaco, thanks to their substitute, Willem Gerbels, uh, got, got the victory. And it, it's interesting that you know, Ben Yedder's not firing yet. The, the bigger names are not really firing, but Monaco are, are getting the results. Kovac placing faith in youth that um, I, I've seen Sofiane Diop play in the Champions League for Monaco and he didn't look ready after joining from Rennes, but he's come back after a loan spell at Sosho, looks a lot better. Gerbils, we've been waiting to see feature consistently for a long time that sadly, like Pietro Pellegri, he spent most of his time at Monaco injured, but there's definitely a player there. And um, we've already spoken this season about how good Amin Guiri has been at Nice. Uh, um, last year, we had expectations on Mao Lida, but Gerbils was rated much higher than either of those. Yeah, they're all, they're all kids from Lyon. They're all these Lyon Academy kids again, yeah. Your, your man Onyekuru was on fire uh, against Nantes. He, he, he came on off the bench and really uh, detonated the Nantes defence. He created the, the goal for Gerbils. But I've got one thing to ask about this game. How on earth does Cesc Fabregas keep track of how many matches he's played in his career? Yeah, to find 800. Out this, it's like when they gave a, a PSG shirt to Mbappe because he'd scored a thousand goals in training or something. What? Is it like, is it a Pele stat? Like, I've got a thousand goals. What yeah. was that he played at 800 matches? 800 professional games. Oh, unbelievable, yeah, wasn't it? Just how? go on. Uh, there are well, so you think websites. the night before he went up? Uh, Guys, I was no, just he's got a... people. He's got hundreds of people. Cis Fabregas is a world-class yeah, player. He started he's at 16, didn't he? He started in the internet age. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. And, um, had a couple of good stats. Him. It was, uh, am I going to get this right? It was Monaco's 1,000th yes, victory. victory. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In that's... Liga or in, in general? 
We'll check yes, with okay. uh, we'll producer Ian. We'll get but, back to us on well, that. Well, I'd sure. like to say a quick word about Monaco because we, two years ago, three years ago, when we thought the wheels had fallen off this incredible project, and I remember it was two years ago when we saw Sofiane Diop was, and he was an expensive signing from Ren, wasn't he? At the time, I think over twenty million, if I'm something huge for. Well, he just he just scored a penenka for Ren to get them into the Coupe de la Ligue final. I think I remember his okay, penalty yeah. in the shootout. Yeah, well, I remember thinking he was quite good at, in those early games, but then he never got a chance. Monaco weren't working properly; they had all sorts of, of coaching problems and changes. And and last season he was at he was at Sochaux. But these young players they have that everyone thought, oh, they've, they've invested too heavily. All these young players now are still only nineteen. They're still coming through, and they're and they're a chance. Robbie, it's been a great week for Racing Club de Lens, who defeated Paris Saint-Germain by a goal to nil. And they followed that up on Sunday by winning 3-2 away to Lorient. Ignatius Ganago on target again. I was impressed with him against PSG. And he's looking like he could be a really good signing. Gael Kakuta as well on target from the spot for Lens. Uh, what else have we got this weekend that has uh, happened? Angers won. Rance nil. Rance struggling. they got PSG coming up this weekend. Um a final commentary game. We'll leave this to you, Robbie. Um, again, you're, you're not getting the best games, aren't you? Bit out of luck at the moment. Robbie was I'm having a difficult start to the season, like PSG. Yeah, you've not had a proper pre-season all that time in Lisbon uh, in your hotel bedroom. But um, Bordeaux against Lyon at the Matmut Atlantique. Let's hear what happened. Toko Akambi with Dembele back for Toko Akambi. Oh, and that was very close indeed. 90 seconds in. Here's Depay again. Depay still. On the left foot, and he should have done better there, Memphis Depay. He had options. Udan keeps it in play. Oh, gives Koscielny something to chase. Kerouiri was there. Alwar as well. Lovely control off the post. And Bordeaux's defence continues to hold Leon at bay, but only just. Yes, so not much happened, Matt, in that in that 95-odd minutes. As you can see, there was a ball off, uh, shot off the post from Usem Awa, who came on in the second half. Um, and honestly, apart from that, I, I was wondering how they could try and turn this positive, even the, the journalist on the side of the pitch when he had his post-match interviews. And he had Paul Bass came and spoke to the, the, the World Feed immediately after the game. And, and Paul Bass did manage to find that positive, which was three clean sheets in a row for Bordeaux. We're very happy with that. And that's what we expect. We've had a difficult season. We're battening down the hatches. And, and the game plan is working perfectly now. The hardest thing will be for them to start scoring goals. But but three clean sheets in a row. It's, if, it's yeah, good. if you're bored, are you happy with a draw against Leon and and your friend uh, Jean-Louis Gasset, Armel, the the pompier or the fireman? fireman? Yeah, he's doing well. He's doing well, and he's got Yassine Adli back, which uh, he he came on for the final half hour, and I think that's uh, notable in terms of their because their their firepower is just not just not quite there. No, so. Josh Madger was dropped again. It was a first start for Samuel Kalu up front, but. Not not much in the game either. I mean, Wijo was didn't do much. Who did they Who did they play in the centre forward position? Because Kalu played wide, Wijo, didn't he? Wang Wijo. Yeah, and um, I mean, they're, he's they're good. not he's, really number nine, so are they? Yeah, he's a better player coming from wide using his pace, I think. But they seem to have only that. Remy Udan, Samuel Kalu, Wang Depreville. They're all wide wide players. We're still waiting for Jimmy Briol to ninety nine. I thought it was going to happen yeah. against no. against Leon. He really is in the nervous 90s. I think it's, it's great seeing 
limited numbers of fans back in the stadium but I think if there's one place you're quite glad that you're not being allowed to go at the moment it's the Matmut Atlantique two nil nil draws to start the season much as I respect how Gasset has sorted out the defence I'm happier following those games on an internet live ticker than I am watching them live on TV <laughs> Basic is a nice player though the yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. Playing well. mm. he's, playing, he's playing well Sabali Koscielny, you know, they're... You do, they're, have, they're to, you do have to steady the ship and then work out Absolutely. how you're going to score goals. They've got five points from three games. They're unbeaten. You know, I don't think we can criticise Bordeaux too much. Um, that pretty much wraps up uh, round three in terms of the action. We've got a very busy midweek. We've got Montpellier against Lyon. These are rescheduled matches. Big one, that for Lyon, isn't it? Montpellier in good form. Uh, welcoming Lyon to the to the Mosson. That is live uh, 8pm uh, UK time um, on BT Sport, 9pm in France. PSG against Mets on Wednesday night, 8pm UK time on BT Sport as well. Um, Thursday, we've got Marseille, Saint-Etienne, cracking games. Yeah, these um, are all big games. Yeah, 9pm in France, 8pm in the UK on BT Sport. Now, uh, round four, some interesting games, and it's time for us to go on a bon voyage because despite coronavirus, despite all the restrictions, we are doing our utmost to, to get out and about in, in, you know, respecting, of course, all the uh, les gestes barrières, the social distancing, etc. So, um, so let's go. So, bon voyage, off we go, Armel Tanguy. Where do you fancy going for round four? Well, I think I'll have to make my way to the velodrome on Sunday night for Marseille-Lille, but it'll be a tight squeeze because I love the sound of bagpipes and I'll have to get to the first Breton derby of the season in Brest, Sunday, 3pm, Brest against Lorient. I think I'll, I'll, I'll you go and see what... Yeah, and the sound of Irving Cardona just against the net. That's enough for me to go there. But Marseille's worth a shout as well. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Marseille against Lille. The velodrome's going to look a bit empty with 5,000, isn't it, Dave? What, what, what do you fancy? I fancy a Saturday night game this week. Ren against Monaco. Two teams going very well at the start of the season. I'm a big fan, almost as much of a fan of Ren as a city as Andy Scott, our podcast regular. <laughs> and, I, and I was there during my break. I didn't go to Ibiza, uh, but I did spend a night in Ren and found some places that I'd like to revisit. So I'll go there for the Saturday night game. Yeah, Andy Scott, he loves a stroll along the river down to the down to Roson Park for his Galette Saucisse. And that, I mean, that's going to be a big test, isn't it, for um, for Kovac's uh, new look young team. That's live on BT Sport 8pm this Saturday, the 19th of uh, September in the UK. So 9pm uh, French time. Robbie Thompson, what do you fancy? I'm going, and, and this is quite predictable, I think, for everyone, but I'll be doing a PSG double header Wednesday against Metz. I'm, I'm at the Parc des Princes for that one. And, I, and as much as anything, I think it's going to be very interesting just to, from an analytical point of view to see how Paris try and get themselves out of this hole because there's no doubt they're in a hole. They're, they're going to have the, the eyes of France are on them at the moment trying to, to see what will happen. My eyes as well. I think it's... Uh, I think it's a good one. And, and then on Sunday afternoon at Nice, we know that Nice are a club that have big backing, that want to be playing regular Champions League football. They measure themselves against the likes of Paris Saint-Germain. So why not uh, see how they can measure themselves this Sunday? I think that's a good choice from Robbie, actually, as well, because he'll be able to escape the Paris heatwave. It's 33, 34 degrees at the start of the week here. And usually we say we go to Nice for the weather, but it's actually going to be cooler there than it is in Paris. There's my long-term weather forecast. It is a good choice, but it's a, lot, it's a long journey. I mean, yeah. I, d- I don't know. I mean, Nice as well. If we're talking football, they they would have had a week to prepare for this game. It's going to be it's going to be a, an, another oh, big yeah. test. No, no, it is. It's a, it's, a, it's a big test. 
Yeah, so I'm I'm still mulling things over actually. Leon Neem. Leon Neem, um, live on BT Sport, 8 pm UK time, 9 pm in France. All of these big games you can watch. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for Marseille Lille because you know this is uh this is a big game and I do feel like things are happening um down in, in Marseille. And I think Lille, despite the fact they've got seven points, they they haven't clicked yet. And this this is gonna be a really tough test for Christophe Galtier's team. I heard Andre Villas-Boas after the game saying, listen, um, it's great. We've got six points now from our two away games. We have to do it at home. Marseille have got Saint-Étienne at home. They've got Lille at home. And then I think it's Lyon after that, but I'd, I'd, I'd have to double check. They've got three home matches in a row um, and they're going to have to do it at the Velodrome. After first versus second, they've got second versus third now as well from last yeah, season. Yeah, and it's a wonderful place to go, as you know, Robbie Marseille. Mm. Um, it's a red zone, though, at the moment. So we will, of course, be very careful. Um, do take in all of the uh, all of the league on action that you can because this season promises to be very, very interesting, especially with Paris Saint-Germain giving everybody else a bit of a head start. We'll see what happens. Just uh, remains for me to say thank you to everyone. Thanks, Robbie Thompson. Thank you, Matthew. Thanks, thank you very thanks much. to your budgie or your canary for, for keeping quiet. Thanks to, um, to Armel Tangi for, for getting up after your late night on the on the highlight show with pleasure David Crossan merci beaucoup thank you very much Matthew and from me Matt Spiro it's time to wish you all uh, a very a very good week we'll be back of course with another Le Beau Jeu next week all the very best bye 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 everyone